Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Posting and Toasting Show. I'm Drew, Schwinn's here. What up, Schwinn? What up, what up, what up, what up? And on today's episode, we have no one as a guest. That's, that's right, guys. You just have myself and Schwinn, and that's it. No, no pod. Guest. pod. You don't have anyone worrying about, like, you know, how are we going to communicate? How do we have to handle the awkwardness of all talking on Skype and all that sort of thing? But, you know, we're going to be good now. Maybe because... um. I don't know. I think our, per, our our guy backed out. It was too late or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, we were having yeah, yeah we were having a very special guest. It was actually Regina King, and she was just like, "Nope, sorry, I uh, couldn't make it today." So Regina will reschedule. <laughs> we'll yeah, reschedule. We'll work something out. It'll work something out. So we have a interesting set of games. The Knicks basically went what two and two since we last recorded. If I uh, uh, if I did my math. Yes, yeah, because yeah. the, the Pacers game was last Saturday. Yes, yeah, so we talked about that, and we we're just like, I'm like, Miller is so much better, and we'll definitely get back into that. But the Knicks have gone 2-2. Two and two. They beat the, the Kings and the Warriors, and they lost to the Trailblazers and Denver. Denver was just last night. We're recording right after that game, and the Knicks made a valiant effort to uh, come back from a really, like, they were, like, down by, like, 20. And they came back, but Denver is one of the best teams in the league. They prevailed, which is kind of what you expect, you know, from a great team to like kind of do that to a team that's probably one of the worst teams in the league. So, yeah, I mean, Denver, like for all their wonderful passing and cutting and all that shit, like they didn't do any of that in the end. They just won because Jokic. They have, you know, Jokic. And he's yeah, that's pretty much it. He's a star, and the Knicks have, you know, Randall or more. Like, <laughs> it's really not. A, I don't know. I I don't think it's that complicated. Um, I mean, there's obviously well. We can talk about it. Be, like, I think it was pretty obvious Miller needed to go smaller um, yeah, or get more shooting on the floor. Whatever. But basically, the idea is they need, they need to get more shooting on the floor, regardless of you know who it was. But um, I'm not sure what happened with Dot today. I think he just Dot was kind of spaced out. I think when he was playing in that first half, so I think he just pulled him from the rotation tonight. Um, and you know, whatever. Well. Hopefully that's I, – I doubt that's a permanent thing, but, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, like that, that closing lineup, um, that was a problem. I thought Frank should have been in the closing lineup, um, however you wanted to, you know, take out yeah, RJ. I, I, think, like, I think it would have made sense to take out RJ because he just really didn't have anything tonight for the most part. Um, but, you know, like I also understand they just won two in a row with those five guys closing out and, like – you know, I I'm I've seen enough from Miller of like borderline, not even borderline, like like competence, um, ability to, you know, kind of get guys the ball in spots where they're good, um, make adjustments in game on both ends. So I, I'm okay with that. I think that he probably it's you don't want to change too much in terms of like rotations and stuff like that um coming in midseason but uh like I think we play the Hawks on Tuesday so we go home play the Hawks on Tuesday and then we play at Miami on Friday so he should have, he has a chance here to have what probably like two or three practices um I think they've only practiced twice since he took over so you know he needs time to kind of there are obviously a lot of things that we want to see, um, and I'm not trying to like give him a pass or something. But for five games in, I'm I'm okay if he's still kind of feeling his way out with the roster and like 
you know, if he's just going with the big stuff right now because that's kind of like what we were doing prior to him getting the coaching job. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I would. Um, I'm I'm fine giving him some time. It's just it's I would say it's probably difficult for any coach to kind of step in mid season if there were an assistant on the bench. And honestly, the Knicks have, are, are two and two under him. Like, you can't even really, like, argue with the results either. All it does for me, at least, is just reaffirm just how awful Fisdale was <laughs> as the head coach. Just because, just, we're just saying competence, right? Like, we're not even saying Mike Miller is the next Popovich or Spolster or anything. He's just, like, an average coach. He seems, an average he seems coach. perfectly fine for, like, what the Knicks, like, currently need current, right now. Yeah, like, they don't need fucking Greg Popovich, right? They just need, like, a coach that can generally not be an idiot and, like, has an idea of how to use players' skill sets on the roster. Yeah, exactly, and that's pretty much all he's doing, you know, for, for Knicks fans, especially us who were calling Fizzell to be fired a while, like, this is a godsend. But he's definitely not, like, the greatest coach or anything. He played that stupid, you know, four-power forward, if you want to call it that, right? The four-power forward lineup? The Knox the two lineup, which was... So, yeah, I mean, like, the difference for me is... I think if it didn't work, I'm positive he would have, like, cut it very soon because he's shown that, like, you know, um, like, he's shown that when stuff isn't working, he is, I don't want to say he's not going to do it. Like, like he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll call timeout and, like, you know, put something else out there. Uh, he's been pretty consistent with that. So I'm not too worried about that. And, like, it did work. So, you know, if it's working... Obviously, well, just let it let it, it go. Work? I mean, I'm not saying there's a reason it worked. I'm not saying like it's because of anything they did, but like it did work in this game for whatever. Uh, yeah, that is, no, that is fair. It did yeah. technically work, which was yeah. I was I was shocked. I was like, oh crap, knocked out the two, and they didn't cough off the lead or anything like that. And I was like, oh okay, this is interesting. I was like, thank God they pulled it like when they did because I didn't think they had you know it wasn't going to work long term especially when, in this game where they needed to go small the entire game and they didn't, which was really upsetting. And then um, something we've seen now is uh, Smith appears to be completely out of lineup, which is kind of, I don't want to say concerning, but like I think we're at like some cost territory where he just they just may need to just give up on it, see what they can get for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. But I also think like there's an argument that, you know, like was playing him the way to get him out of his funk, or, or like, you know, would it make more sense to do what they're doing with him? Um, like, sometimes, you know, you have to protect players, too. Um, I don't know, I, I guess, like, I compare it to soccer, and, like, you know, I know in, I know with basketball, for whatever reason, people assume that, like, <coughs> the only way to develop guys is you just play them, and you keep playing them, and you play them as many minutes as possible. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, I'm a little under the weather. You, you dying over here? Yeah, man, I, I had a rough, rough weekend. <laughs> um, but like, you know, there are times where you can, like, you know, you have to take guys out of the firing line a little bit. And we got on Fizzo for this shit with Dennis Smith Jr. specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not. I don't think he doesn't seem like the guy to <coughs> the kind of coach to exile guys. Um, but yeah, for the time being, I think it's the right move. Oh, I would definitely say it's the right move. I'm just 
there is like a part of me that is kind of concerned because when he when um, Smith became like healthier, he he had like some flashes, but he still wasn't doing like super well. Like before, when we knew he was like hurt and dealing with shit, we were just like, okay, he shouldn't really be playing. But now, like he is healthier, so in the back of my head, I'm just there is a concern. But I, I don't know. I just I do get a. I don't know, maybe just paranoia, just, you know, dealing with this team for years upon years about what to do. Well, but, so what are you going to get for him, though, right now? You know, like... Yeah, the end of, yeah exactly. That's kind of thing, because, like, I don't think any team is going to be like, all right, we'll give you a second. If you get a second for Dennis Smith, that's pretty... That sucks. It's not even worth it. You're better off just keeping him and trying to figure it out. So, it's just, I don't know, we're just kind of... I feel like we're just in this weird time right now, because, like, the Knicks could have used, like, good Dennis Smith, I would say tonight, but he hasn't really shown that, and it's just kind of upsetting that, like, <laughs> we're in this situation, kind of with the scene, where just, like, you know, because, like, um, Trier isn't playing, which is perfectly fine, and then now with, uh, you know, with Bullock and Ellington now, it's like they needed someone, and there's, like, no one really to turn to, unfortunately, tonight. Yeah, I mean, the only guy was Dot, but like I said, I think he just... For whatever reason, I think I, I I would have to go back and watch this game like really closely, but I get the feeling that like Dot because that that entire that bench unit came in and just got fucking blitzed. Yeah, they right? got killed. And I'm not saying that was on Dot. Like, I'm, it, no, it was, it was like the, it was like the entire lineup. They were just like they were right. that slow the entire time. It was I, like, Jesus Christ. I'm just I'm wondering if there's something Dot did that like specifically that um. That Rob Miller the wrong way. Um, it might have even been offensively because he keeps doing this fucking stupid thing where like he passes up a catch and shoot shot to like sidestep and like take another like the same shot but worse. He does that all. This, he's been doing that a lot. And it's really annoying. Um, I don't really. I don't remember anything egregious. But again, like I'd have to go back and watch because um, you know, like I don't know if it worked because. You know, fucking Mike Miller somehow figured out the the one matchup for Knox the two works, but like, I just think that maybe Dot was being a bit of a space cadet today. I, he wasn't good on defense. I think that could have been it. Like he was just getting burned by like everyone. So I, I think it could have been a defensive um, yeah issue with uh, Dotson. Yeah, like you said, we probably need to go rewatch it to really figure it out. But you know, it's just that's the upsetting part because like if, if Dotson isn't like on point. This team really doesn't have too much guard depth right now, currently. And yeah. like really right now, exciting. the only two guys that can shoot are him and Morris because Knox is like I don't know what's going on with him from yeah three he just right like stopped shooting he just like, cannot make a shot right now from three um, he did act, he did have some nice drives and finishes inside today so I'm happy that that happened but yeah man he needs to get that three ball going again because it's yeah I mean today he almost I think he airballed the one right so. Um, mm-hmm. That wasn't so good. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think that the nice thing to see with Knox today was it seemed like Miller ran a few things specifically for him. For him to get yeah. A couple of plays. He also had that one, like, you know, he got the ball, he saw Plumley, and just immediately drove by him for a dunk. Like, that was a really nice – that was nice to see, uh, that aggression. Um, I thought, again, like – He's not good at all defensively, but for the most part, he was, like, competing tonight. Um, but, yeah, I mean, his fundamentals and just, like, ability to close out possessions needs to be way better because he, he still just, like, shuts off sometimes as soon as a shot goes up or something. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, like, a nice game for him. Uh, I thought overall, like, 
I mean, look, I guess we can just talk about Miller generally. Um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that there's, like, a way more identifiable, like, pattern to our play offensively. Uh, it seems defensively, like, we're making good adjustments in-game. Um, I didn't even particularly think, like, the scheme was problematic in the first half. I just think, you know, Mitch was, like, weirdly just totally yeah, like, not, slow on everything, yeah. Yeah, like, wasn't even, like, contesting. Um and that was just, like, a general case, like, and then obviously, like, other than Frank, nobody was containing penetration, so, like, you're constantly scrambling, and then against a team that, like, passes and kicks and cuts like that, you're always eventually going to find, you know, they're, they're going to get to the rim eventually. Um, and that's basically, I mean, that's what happened. So, you know, even when, and then even when Mitch was in position or whoever was in position, they were just finishing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know really what else to say other than that, because, like, you know, it wasn't like the the last Denver game where you could clearly tell that it was a schematic thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, just I I really thought everyone was just super slow coming off the bench. That's what really, obviously, that's what basically made them lose the game was like that initial bench unit that just got completely torched. And it was wonderful that they uh <laughs> that they fought, and it was crazy to see that, but like Frank kept them in the game. Like, yeah. you know, just kind of, like, middling around because otherwise, like, with his defense and he was making shots, he was making passes, and until he uh, until he hit his head pretty hard, like, he kept him in the game, which was, it was really nice to see, honestly. It just, like, because you don't really ex- like, expect that because he's been, he was awful in uh, Golden State, like, absolutely dreadful. Yeah, and, that was one of his worst games ever. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was super bad. And then he bounced back by having like a mediocre performance in uh in Sacramento. Like it wasn't it wasn't certainly wasn't good, but it was better than uh it was better than Gold State. And then like tonight it was just like he was just everywhere he was making the right passes, he was making he was stealing the ball. And then honestly I I think when they didn't call the uh the charge. They didn't give him the charge or whatever it was. I I, I, I think that's what kept him out of the fourth quarter. I think we disagree. Like I know we disagree I think on that. But, no, I think Miller just made a bad choice because okay. he came back in with him in the first in the fourth quarter. He he dimed up Taj. Uh, oh, that that pass was probably yeah. one of his best passes. I've seen he had a technical free throw. He done, he had a couple of really nice passes in that in in the fourth, if I remember correctly. Um, and he was his defense was really good. He had, he even like he stole the ball off, or like I, I don't know if they counted as a steal or an offensive rebound, but there was one where like Murray had. The defensive rebound, basically, and like Frank just ripped it from him. Uh, yeah, like they, they, he had a couple of really like he he grabbed he grabbed a couple of contested boards and stuff like that. Like, you know, and this is the stuff like he had a pretty decent November, uh, like overall as a month, mm-hmm. pretty decent month. Like it, it, it can't have weeks like he just had, you know. Um, no, like can't. even when he has bad games, he can't have like everybody has bad games. You got to give me something though in those games. Like he 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 gave us nothing against Golden State. Uh, he gave us a little bit more than nothing against Sacramento. Like th- this stuff. Like like games like today. Yeah, he's not going to shoot four or six, hit two or four from three, get four steals. Four like I'm. But just he was there the entire game. He had an impact the entire time he was on the floor. Um, <clears throat> you know that's that's what he had. He has to always be looking to create. Like like. He, you know, he has more, and like, look, I think that some of it is a new coach. Like, he's trying to. I mean, he has more freedom now. It seems like than he had under Fizz, um, and he needs to 
So like today he actually used that that freedom, um, and he had more of an impact. Whereas like you know against um, it was like Sacramento, he had a cu- against Sacramento, like he called the pick and roll a couple times, had an assist, made a shot on one, and like but then he just like went away from it, you know. And it's like that that's what he if you have that freedom and you know that you are able to create either for yourself or for others, like, have the confidence to just keep going with it. Um, and I mean, it's not like today he was Dame or something, but he was good today. Like, he was he was a threat when he was on the floor. He, tr- he was actively trying to make plays. Uh, he even had that really nice kick to Peyton in the corner uh, out of a pick and yeah, roll. Yeah, that Peyton, was a yeah, Peyton missed a shot, but it was a, yeah. Yeah, it was a great pass. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, he hasn't thrown that pass often. I think he's done it maybe a couple times in his career, so that was really nice to see. Yeah, no, he's been, like, today was just great. Like, I know the efficiency isn't always going to be there, but if he's going to give you 13 points, five rebounds, four assists, and he's not going to have four steals, but let's just say four stocks, right? We'll live with that. Uh, honestly, like, that's the type of player that he needs to uh, four consistently stocks, Four stocks would be ambitious, too. Just, like, two and a half stocks would be great. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, something like that. And speaking of the uh, the Sacramento game, not just to – uh. I don't think it was necessarily, like, him being an issue, but I just, I remember, because I, I was, I pretty much, like, watched all the games today just to catch up for the uh, the podcast, and Wally and Breen were talking about just how, like, you can't give, they're just, like, they're, they're giving heel too much space, and I, I felt like I was watching a different game, and I wanted your thoughts on this. I just thought Heald was making crazy shots for a good, for, I'd say at least more, slightly more than half it was just like he was pretty contested and tightly like basically you're bas- you're asking players like RJ for because he was primarily on heel to be like all right don't let Buddy heal shoot and like that's that's never gonna happen I don't know I was yeah. that was just really bugging me when I was watching that game I was like heel was just on fire and that's what happens with great players like yeah I, I don't I don't know what why everybody was freaking out about that in the first half because like the way I thought of it was Buddy Hill's absolutely on fire. I think he had, like, what, 22 points on 10 shots, I think, it in the was, first half? It was something like that, yeah. yeah. And they were up nine. Like, that's fine. Like, that, that's... To me, like, that's how you have to look at that. Because if I have a guy, like, my number one option, you know, in that game anyway, given what they have on the roster, like, Fox isn't healthy. Um, if my number one guy is... He's got 22 and 10, or whatever he had, um, at half, and I'm not up bigger than nine... I'd be worried, you know. That's what I was thinking at halftime. I was like, if if we flip, you know, if the Knicks were up nine in this in this exact same scenario, I wouldn't feel comfortable. Um, and yeah, I mean, he cooled off in the second half. And like, granted, like, yeah, they missed a couple open threes. And like, but like, yeah, so did we, you know. Like, that's how the game works. Um, I didn't. I, I think the three point defense is definitely way better. Um, and, I and to be honest, I, I thought they got really unlucky with some of the threes that they. You know that that got kind of hit on them in the first half. Like Buddy aside, like even Bielitsa had a couple that were just like, okay, yeah. like you can't really do anything about that. Um, like you know, Harrison Barnes threes are ones that you're going to kind of live with. Yeah, it's fine to let him make them. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean that Sacramento game I thought was was really good. But um, you know, one thing I will say is that in in that game. In the Indiana game, in the Golden State game, and in tonight's game, like he is closed with that start, that that five that consistently has like I mean, they they have scoring issues and shooting issues 
So um, I want to see if he adjusts that moving forward because um, I'm happy we got a couple wins. I'm happy that like we're 100% look more competent, more clear under like we have a better clear understanding of what we're trying to achieve. Um, but yeah, I mean that 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 closing five clearly has like very serious uh, fit issues. Um, so yeah, he needs to figure that out. We'll see if he does. Um, I could also maybe do with a little, you know, I, I don't need the, the two Bobby Portis post-ups a game. Yeah, that's, there's like little things now, like moving forward, I don't want to see like, I don't think Bobby Portis should probably ever post up unless it's a smaller guy on him and he actually has like good position. Or if he's on like, fire, like, like that Bulls game or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly. Just like like these rare occasions. But like if he's not in like really good post position, on a smaller guy, I, there's really like no point to run that with him. I don't even know what you do with the uh, that closing lineup, right? Or do you basically just swap out like Peyton for Frank, or do you have to take out one of the uh, the bigs? Like, do you I mean, take out Randall? Like, I don't really necessarily know. Like, if you're if we're gonna assume that Frank actually was healthy and his head wasn't bothering him, then he should have closed out the game, and that was just tonight. Uh, he should have closed. I think basically where I'm at with the team is. And this is the hard part about coaching this team, and this is why, like, I never said, like, Fizz's job was easy. Um, but, like, and this is going to be hard for Miller, too, is I think that he just kind of has to go to an extent on, like, who's got it going on a given night and what he needs in certain situations. Um, so, like, against Golden State, I didn't mind it because y- you can just out muscle them almost at every position. So yeah, like, pretty much. Yeah, it was fine. You can you can go with this. Um and again, Sacramento, like they basically locked them down defensively. Uh so I didn't really have too much of an issue with that. And even tonight down the stretch I, the defense was fine. Um Jokic hit yeah. some shots and like that's really about it. I don't really you know, you can't do much more than that. So um Defensively, that that unit seems to be okay, um, but clearly offensively, like there are just times I think he needs to be more cognizant. Like, okay, I need to get more shooting on the floor right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a solution, like uh, an absolute solution across you know, every game or whatever. But I do think that it, it might need to be something where, like, night to night, he has to see what he needs, who has it going, and kind of roll with it, because I thought Frank definitely should have closed today. Even if you weren't paying out there, you know, all right, take out RJ, because RJ didn't have it tonight at all. Yeah, no, and I'm gonna actually, let's talk about RJ, because something that's been bothering me, I know it's been bothering a number of fans, um, we're eventually going to get to, like, questions from uh, fans stuff tonight, I threw out a thing on Twitter on the Posting and Toasting account for, like, um, if anyone has any questions for us, you know, we'll answer them a little later, but someone mentioned about, like, RJ and his foul, um, the fouling. And not him fouling, but him getting fouled and no one calling. He got hit so many times today, and he's just, he's not getting the call. And it's really frustrating because I think so much of his game is, is predicated on generating contact and getting to the line and doing this, and it opens up so much for him. And if he's not going to get into a rhythm and if the refs aren't going to, like, call these basic calls, like, I don't know. I don't want to say you can't play him, but, like, it's just really been frustrating to watch. That like he's getting fouled, no one's calling. Like the refs aren't calling it. Yeah, I mean, look, like I think I said this about Fizz, but like, and, and you got to get a technical at some point. You got to get teed up because like these guys are just getting fucking mad. 
I get it. Miller's kind of like has to establish his reputation. It's probably not a good idea to just like start ranting at the refs like five games into your NBA head coaching career. Um, that said, I mean, there's a time and a place to get teed up. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, he got mugged on a couple of drives today. That one in the second half, like I couldn't believe they didn't get a call on that. Uh, like it was like two guys took him out basically on that. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and it was they weren't even close to the fucking ball, and the refs right there on the baseline watching this shit. Like, what are you looking at, pal? Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much of a concern that is. The bigger thing is like, man, he just needs to get that three ball up to like 33. percent That's it. Like right now, he really he, does. That would be fine because he's getting like two or three quality threes a game. Um, you know, and I know that like sometimes he has to. I don't mind sometimes when he just, like, he took, like, a step back today or whatever at some point. And I'm like, whatever. If you want to just, like, kind of, like, I mean, you're a rookie. If you want to fuck around and, like, see what you can do on the floor, there's, you know, some value as long as it's not extreme. And, like, he only took 12 shots tonight, so it's not like he was constantly forcing the action or something. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I I don't really know what else there is to say. It wasn't really a very eventful game for him. Uh, I thought... He did have that really good first half against Golden State, and then we just like totally didn't use him for the for the second half at all for whatever reason. We didn't like get him involved. Uh, we're just going to keep an eye on Miller and like just in general, you know, like this is the hard thing with coaching is you can only tell guys so much, but like you can't call a time after every play. You're not going to call a set play every time down the floor either. Like you have to trust guys to kind of recognize what's going on, who has the hot hand, and all that stuff, and um. You know, there's just some see. There's a feeling to that when you're gonna start Randall and you're gonna start Morris. It's like these guys just aren't natural, you know, initiators or creators for others. Like they don't they don't think like that. So um, yeah, I mean, you do at least see that. I think Peyton kind of you can see like when he he knows when guys have it going and like he'll he'll get them shots and shit like that. So um, that's been pretty nice to see. Um, but yeah, like you know. Uh, just a better recognition, I think, of of that on a team level, and that can fall on Miller, and it falls on the players too. Like that would be nice to see as the season goes on. Oh, I'm totally with you on that because RJ was really cooking them, and then like he had, I think it was 16 in the first half against Golden State, and he finished with like 20 or 22, and it was just like, also we're just just not going to do stuff for him, which is, I mean, whatever, because like Morris eventually started heating up, and Randall was actually relatively efficient um, close to the rim. He wasn't shooting the three too well, but I think he finished um, three of seven, three of eight from three against Golden State. Like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like too, yeah, it wasn't like too awful, which is nice. I I do want to get a little thing in with Randall, so I want to see how, now that we've had, like, a couple more games besides, like, the Pacers game, I, I feel like Randall now is getting came back to the point now where he's like, oh, this is the Randall that at least I've been watching for the past two years where, like, he's flawed defensively. Every now and then I'll have, like, a good possession here or there. But he just he's supposed to be downhill, quick action, and he finishes efficiently at the rim. And I feel like we've been seeing that. <clears throat> We're seeing more of it. I mean, he's We're seeing like, more of it. He, he's still he's, not perfect. I mean, the thing, like, the thing is, like, we are still using him as a primary, like, he is still, like, our number one option or number, whatever you want to say, him or one. Yeah, yeah, but, like, they're they're playing in roles above what 
they are ideally suited for. So you're going to have to deal with, like, these annoying possessions. And that's just going to be the case until, like, Frank or RJ or Knox or one of these young guys steps up and can, like, kind of assert themselves as the primary uh, option, creator, whatever whatever you want to say. But, yeah, I mean, like, I think his shot selection's a bit better. I think he's getting to the rim more. Um, the sets are better at allowing him to get to the rim, even. And, yeah, I mean, my biggest thing with him is it's just so annoying sometimes when it's like, like, he can't ever, he never passes somebody the ball as they're coming open. He has to, like, they have to, so they be, have to open be for, like, open. two, three yeah. five fucking seconds, and then he has to stare at them like a fucking moron, and then he'll finally maybe pass on the ball. Um, he did that so many times, and it's so annoying. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's better. I'm not completely sold that, like, I want to keep him, but, yeah, it's definitely better, and at least you can see that there was some logic to it, and he doesn't just totally suck. So, since we mentioned the idea of, you know, keeping him, I'm just going to bring up one question that we have from one of our um, from the posting and toasting account, it's from at Hug Life. He has this whole thing, um, this Twitter thing of the idea of like Merry Christmas and waterboarding. I'm not getting into it, but his question is, what's the minimum you need to move each of the trade candidates? And we can define candidates as any means. So that kind of is the interesting idea of, you know, it's past, it's December 15th right now. So it's like trade season is now commenced. So do the Knicks look to move? Randall, are they going to trade Marcus Morris? Because I feel like Morris would be the best person to get like stuff back for because he's playing so well. But I kind of want to keep him, so I'm kind of like in this weird area where just like I enjoy watching him play. I think he's actually really good for all the young players, and Julius Randall may be the better candidate to trade, even if it's going to not be the best return. Because I also think it balances out the roster wise. Then there's like little things like. Portis and Trier, like those guys probably should be traded as well for well, almost anything. But. Trade, trade Zoe for whatever you can get. Um, trade, you know, listen on DSJ. I'm not sure what I would even want and what would be enough. I, I don't, I don't even know what would be enough at this point because he's been, he hasn't been good. I don't even think teams are would be willing to like give up a first round pick. And if it's not the case, then don't, don't even do it. Yeah. Yeah, with Morris, um, it has to be uh, – you need to get it first. If you're going to trade him, you have to get it first um, with how he's playing. I think you can. There's so many teams that think they have a chance at winning a title this year, and he's a type of player that like a lot of teams covet uh, in terms of like that kind of small ball four that can spread the floor. Also, he's shooting whatever the hell he's shooting from three this year. Um, and, yeah, I think you can get a first and probably should, just considering, like, the season has gotten away from us so hard. Thanks a lot for this. Um, <laughs> if, maybe if we had banked a couple of those winnable games earlier in the season, we would feel differently. But we did. And I think now what we're... I mean, we're six and twenty-one ultimately. Like, no matter what else you want to say, like, that's what we are. And at that point, you really have to consider, like, I mean, is Morris going to stay? Does he want to stay? I don't know. I mean, he said he does, but I don't. I'm not sure we can accept that as fact, especially considering 
how he ended up in New York. Um, if if they do keep him though past the deadline, they have to they have to keep him beyond the season. Otherwise, I just have no idea like what the thinking would be. Um, so that's where I'm at with Morris, Taj. I don't particularly feel like we should trade him, but if you did want to trade him, a couple of seconds. Uh, Ellington, a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else is there? Portis, you're not going to get anything. Randall, they're not trading, so there's not even a point in discussing it. Um, I wouldn't trade RJ, Frank, Mitch, or Knox. I mean, I could... I can understand. I, can, I would at least listen to scenarios where like teams are bringing up Frank and Knox, but I'm not really very interested in dealing either of them at the moment. Yeah, that would be for like those guys. It would have to be like a potentially like better young player involved in something, which wouldn't make any sense for the other team to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like it would be like right. I'd be interested in Knox if like the Pelicans want to trade him for Brandon Ingram, right? But right. the Pelicans aren't going to do that. <laughs> so like. Otherwise, like, what are we, what are we doing then in that case? But yeah, I don't. I'm torn with like the trade because I know trades need to happen, but like, yeah, you know, like no one's gonna want Bobby Portis. He's making way too much money unless someone has like a shitty contract. Yeah, I mean, we gotta do, realistically, like what Morris Ellington, uh, and I was Trier as like as a uh, someone Trier. who's like, like someone who's young. Yeah, I mean, like those are the guys that I think like might have some trade value that. You would be compelled to trade in some ways. No, maybe not. Compelled might be the wrong word, but um, like you may be best served trading. But yeah, that would that would be that would be a good way to phrase it. I mean, Zoe, I just there's no point if we're not going to play him. It doesn't seem like we're going to play him. You just got to you got to move on. Um, and I mean, it's unfair to him to be honest. If if we're just not going to play him. And he's sitting there, like, on the bench, right? I, Yeah, I, I think it just makes sense for both teams uh, to move on. Also, like, the, the Nuggets didn't play Malik Beasley tonight at all, right? No, I was surprised he wasn't playing. I didn't know if he was hurt or something like that, but... I think it's nice. Yeah. I mean, their, their team is so deep, so they're always, like, sitting guys that are legitimately good. Whereas, we're fake deep. <laughs> and uh, oh, that's 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 an understatement. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I would definitely be interested in um, in trading for this guy, but who knows? Yeah, just because Trier, if Trier wasn't like with his mindset, he would have been really helpful, right, in today's game. Like, if Trier had Ellington's mindset, he would have been super helpful in this game today because like Dotson wasn't playing. Well, and he he couldn't even get off the bench. The Knicks needed guards, and they didn't even play Smith or Trier. So, like at this point, they just need to get him for something. Like that, that, I just hope it comes sooner rather than later, just so I can see what they could potentially get in return and what the market is going to be. Right? Because I, I do think that would help kind of gauge the idea. So, like if Trier is only going to get, say, like a protected first, even though he wouldn't, right? But like the idea of like, okay, now we know what the market is for some of these guys moving forward. So that's why I just want to see a trade, like, as soon as possible. I just want to know what the market's going to be. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I just don't think there's going to be a huge market for a lot of guys. Um, well, those although the huge maybe, market is going to be Marcus Morris. He'll, he'll, he'll command a market. Who will? Marcus. 
Yeah, yeah, he'll have a market. But like, everyone else, everyone else isn't going to. I'm just like, and like the only way you could do it is if you maybe trade some of these expirings for like a shittier long-term salary, right? That's that's the only that might be the only mechanism that returns you that increases like the pick value that you get back. Um, and I would, I would, I think you gotta have to consider that at this point, right? Because you don't really know. Like you don't really know what's going on. Like there's no one in 2020 free agency that the uh, the Knicks are going to sign. Then you're well, hoping for like, and they can have capitals anyway. Like it yeah, they're gonna, well, they're going to have it anyway. What I'm saying is just like if you just even look at it for if you're thinking like these big old like grand scheme, you know, these grand grander ideas of just like all right, we're going to get a big name free agent. That's not until 2021, and even then the Knicks are going to have cap space in 2021 because you can just not pick up Randall's option. So. To find anyone, I feel like at this point, where you should, they, they they probably need to make a move and to gain something at some point. I just I just hope it's sooner rather than later because I don't want to wait till the trade deadline and be disappointed that there was no trades and just be like, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah, for sure, I agree. Um, do you want to answer a couple more questions? Do you want to talk about a a different game, a different player? Yeah, no, we can we should we should do a few more questions. Let's get some questions in. Um, yeah, someone was just asking about um, what do you think Marcus Moore, like where do you think Marcus Morris is going to get traded and what's the package? Um, that was from Toddy and the Jets. I, uh, have, the, I don't I'm even sorry. know. I, yeah, I guess yeah, it's, it's, it's way too early. Like I don't even I could say I could see Portland. I could see the Clippers. I could see Utah. I could see Denver. I could definitely see Denver. Um, I could see Milwaukee. I just in Denver. I will yeah. say that, like, they could really use Marcus Morris in Denver. I could see Philly if they could get their, you know, enough contracts to trade that would make that possible. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot. Yeah, I just I, I can't. Even, I don't even know what to say. We don't even have enough uh, information on like what the market is. Like, it just turned. The 15th. Um, so we have a question from Josofo, at Jossofocus. And is it evident after the game, after this game, I'm assuming, the, uh, oh, what's it called, Nuggets game, that Randall and, a- and Alfred are being forced on us by the front office? Should Frank have ended instead of RJ? So it's twofold. We, we already discussed, should Frank have been in for RJ? You said yes. I think he was injured. But if he was healthy, then yes, he should have been in. For uh, for RJ, but I do think the idea of like Randall and Alfred as role players for a oh, so I'm gonna like reframe the the question a bit like Alfred and Randall as role players on a winning team, right? Because that's basically what they're should be in like their ideal roles, and if that's the case, is that actually an ideal role for them? Like, would their team would the Knicks be a winning team if they were role players? So I'm gonna phrase it that way. I'm gonna let you answer it first. Yes. Um, I also think like if if we just use Payton better too, like the lineups he's playing in so so often are not. I mean, this is this thing with all of our point guards, but like because they can't shoot, we exacerbate their weakness their their weakness in that with like some of, some of the lineups we're putting out there, uh, which are shooting deficient. So, um. Yeah, I think I think so. I think Peyton definitely has I, the way I've always thought of him for the last couple of years is he's the 
low-end starter, high-end backup. Um, I fully believe that, having continued to watch him this season. Uh, Randall's a little bit trickier because his fit isn't the best um, in a lot of places, just with like how teams want their four-man to play. And then if he's your five, you're not going to get any room protection, so that brings its own set of issues. Uh, but he's like seems like a good offensive boost for any team off the bench. Uh, his salary isn't necessarily commensurate with that. But I don't know how much... I mean, if they're capped out teams that think that like he's a guy that can give them punch off the bench, I'm not sure that really kills his trade value as much as a lot of people may think. Um, especially given that like the third year is a very small partial guarantee. Yeah, I, I keep going back to it. I think Randall would be perfect in... Uh in uh, what's called Portland. I, I, I just feel like that's the role, and that's the team for him, and I think it would really help uh, Portland too, but they're not, I don't even think they're in the playoff contention right now, right, because all the injuries and stuff. They're 12 uh, at 10, yeah, they're 12 at 10 and 16. And, you know, the there are a couple games this year. Yeah, there are a couple games out, because, you know, because you have uh, Oklahoma City, Phoenix, and Sacramento kind of like rounding out the um, the back end. But yeah, I mean, there are only I, two losses behind the, in the loss column. So. Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like that's the team that would he, they would actually like be really super helpful with them because like they're going to run to screen rolls with him and McCollum, you know, Dane McCollum, and him. He has an extra level of like passing. I don't know. I, I feel like that's the team that would be perfect for him. I just don't know who's on Portland that the Knicks could even get for Randall if that would even be. It'd just be on the table. table. You would, yeah, you'd just be trying to get like the, maybe the Bazemore contract that pick, right? You wouldn't be trying to get somebody necessarily from their team. Um, Do you want to re- have the return of uh, Mello? Mello and Hazonia? I, I'm fine on that. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. pretty funny, though. Oh, God, it would not be funny. Suck. Oh, yeah, no, no, it would be funny for, like, the initial moment and then for us having to, like, talk about it on the show and write about it and do all that sort of stuff. No, it would be absolutely dreadful. But Hazonia, though, I think I, I would be fine with Hazonia, <laughs> even though he sucks. <laughs> I just miss him because he's just, he was always, like, he was such a character, right? You know, yeah. like, I, I just yeah. loved just him being a character on the, uh, on the I just I just miss that. Um... Here's a question from uh, Patrick Kloss, or Class K L A S. I don't know. Probably it's an egg thing, so God knows. He could be German or something. Um, had we ever seen the Knicks try and fight back like that under Fizz? Um, no. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I don't... We, we saw it, but, like, it, it's not even relevant, man. Like, because this idea that, like, it's been. When you say something like that, I feel like you're implying that the effort wasn't there under Fizz. And, like, to me, I think their effort really this season, like, for the most part, even the nights they've been getting their ass kicked because they've been, like, dutifully running his bullshit scheme. And it's like, like, they're not trying any harder. I didn't think they tried harder today necessarily. I just think they made good adjustments and, like, came out in the second half, cleaned up their pick-and-roll defense, and, like, they gave them a game, and that's it. Like, I don't think it was that much more complex than that. I don't think Fizz would have been able to get that. I think that we would have been down huge by halftime, and like we already were big down, what, what were we down at halftime, like 15, I think, 16 maybe? Yeah, um, out. Like, that would have ballooned under Fizz. We wouldn't have come out in the third quarter ready to, like, go and cut into the lead and make it a game. That's 
you know, that's my biggest issue with with Fizz and just like yeah, I mean that's the difference I'm seeing from this team now is I think like like I said, they've had they have an idea of what they're trying to achieve and like they it seems like they're formulating an identity, like there is an identity being formed. Um they're getting downhill more and you know, that's something that Fizz talked about but like just could never actually make happen. Um so yeah, I don't know. Um, I only brought that up to do a roundabout way to talk about the Portland game because there are some, like, dopes, like uh, Kevin Pelton. I think it was Kevin Pelton, right, tweeting about, like, you know, like, oh, they fired Fizz, and, you know, the Knicks will lose by, like, 20. Was that him, or am I mixing that up with someone else? Uh, do, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Remember how, like, I said it was Kevin Pelton, but I could be I could be slandering. Oh, was it the, was the Peyton thing? The Pelton? No, no, okay, I'm confusing with someone else. I just remember... I was just reading a bunch of tweets from people, or it could have been John Hollinger. Okay, can we can we can we finish doing the questions and then shit on media? Yeah, no, it's fine. I just I wanted to do it in a roundabout way to just to be like, if you actually watch the Portland game, like the idea that like, you know, like you know, oh, Finn fired, and they still lost by watch the next, right? That's what I, that's what I was going to get. So a roundabout way, just be like, Lillard would. I think Lillard only missed one shot in the first half, like. That's why, that's why the Knicks lost. It wasn't a coaching thing. It wasn't Fizdale or anything. It was literally like that. That's it. So that's what I just wanted to. Uh, it was just basically maybe asking a random question at Fizz for a roundabout way to say that it no, just you know that wasn't the case with the Portland loss. That's all. <laughs> and, and we were what like two of thirty-two from three. Yeah, it was it, yeah, exactly. It was like dude, Fizz had Morris out here for fucking. 22 games, shooting 50% from three, he had four wins. Like, you know, like, the, the, he had so many of these fucking games where you'd get, like, these monster performances, and he's fucking losing. Like, I am so sick of... The defense of his is always... It always boils down to the fault of others. It's always shit that is out of his control, so therefore you can't blame him at all. Like... That's not a defense of a guy. That's not a particularly compelling argument. It's just no. It's the it's like the laziest type of argument too, because it's like you're only doing that. What? But you're basically from the outside looking in, and you're not actually reading or researching or watching or anything like that. You're just you're just kind of like looking at the record, looking at the results, seeing what the Knicks signed. You're just like, nope, it wasn't Fizz. And it's like, okay, you're not watching. But no, let, let's get. We'll go back to that because I actually have um, a few more questions, even some. Uh, jokey ones, but I'm going to do something that's serious from uh, Nemo Patier. Man, I screw up Patier. last name. Patier, there you go. Sorry, Nemo. Um, would you give away the Dallas picks to get Masai Ujiri? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would do that. I, I don't... I, I really don't understand this apprehension with that. Like, oh, like, there's, there's, other, can't, there's other GMs maybe that are out there. Like, bro, like, Masai's at minimum, what, top five GM? We can say that? Minimum top five, yeah. Minimum top five. Let's just be conservative. So let's say he's the fifth best GM in the NBA. Like, <laughs> that's, you know, that's that's what you need. Like, that's what you want. Uh, he has proven an ability to build up organizational yep. infrastructure that develops talent, that develops, and not just player talent, but coaching talent. Um, they have, you know, turned the 27th pick, like Pascal Siakam, into uh, a, a, yeah, a, a borderline, what, is he like, he's like a top 15-ish player right now? Right? I mean, he's, yeah, he's crushing everyone right now. So yeah, yeah, he's like absolute all-star. 
um, Fred Van Vliet into a quality starting two A guard. Mm-hmm. Um, undrafted, like even guys like Norman Powell, like second round pick, solid rotation player. You look at who they traded for. Um, for Marcus Gasol, like, I'm not going to give him credit for Valanchunas because that was Colangelo and Valanchunas was already good before, like, Masai got there. Um, but, you know, uh, like, who was Del- Delon Wright, another late first-round pick, like, yes, decent rotation player. Um, but, like, that, I mean, you got them the late first, that, that's, a, that's a nice pickup. Um, but they they have all these guys, like, they have that guy, was it Terrence Davis or whatever, that they picked up, um... He's that uh, skinny guy who was, like, lighting up the Knicks the other day, right? Yeah, yeah, he's an undrafted guy. Um, they, I mean, even if you look at the trade they made for Ibaka, right? Terrence Ross. Takes Terrence Ross, flips him for Ibaka. Like, that's... You know, he wins so many transactions, and, like, he creates value. He, he creates value from low-risk investments, mm-hmm. low-cost investments. Um, yeah, like, I just... I just don't see how, you know, look, if, if the only risk you're taking here is that Luka gets injured next year and that Dallas pick ends up being awesome, which is a risk. I, let's, I mean, we're going to see over the next two weeks or whatever that he's missing that they suck without him. Uh, <laughs> but I'm very like, excited for that. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's the only risk. Whereas, you know, I would also be comfortable with that because Messiah's shown the ability to maximize every situation he's been in as a GM. So, like, whatever, yeah, let's do that. Uh, yeah, it's not only that. Like, he's also like willing to take risks when risks when risks are necessary. Like, Demar Derozan was like, I, I don't want to say beloved, but like he was close enough to being beloved. You know, in that in that town. And he's like, no, we're going we're gonna to trade him for Kawhi. And knowing that Kawhi was probably going to leave, too. And that's a huge risk. And they took it, and they won a title because of it. And he did the same thing in um in Denver. He he traded Melo to the Knicks. And it worked out for the most part, right? And, so he, like, and he hired Tim Connolly, who's their GM now, who's doing a great job in Denver. Exactly. Yeah, so it's just like he – yeah, the, answer, like, the simple answer is like, obviously, you trade the picks because this guy – knows how to run a basketball team. He knows how to organically build everything from the ground up. So, like, yes, you give the picks, you give them whatever you want, and I get, we can probably almost guarantee that the Knicks will be eventually good under Ujiri, right? I think it's probably safe to say. So, like, yeah, give up the picks if it's worth getting Masai. Um, we have another question. Yeah. Did we do the, the one from John Herzberger? Which one? The not not the shampoo one. No, uh, no, we're good. No, we're doing the shampoo one. We're not doing the shampoo. We're doing the shampoo one. But which one were you talking about? We'll do uh, that one next. The Peyton and Randall one. Yeah, all the free agent signings do agree that Peyton and Randall have the most room to grow. Worth keeping to see how they evolve. And this is from uh, at John Hersberger. Yes, it's from John. It's interesting because Peyton's been pretty much the same player he's been like, foremost of his career. So I don't know how much throwing he's actually going to do, like, you know, moving forward. Randall's the wild I mean, card. He's a three-ball with him, right? I mean, that's really what we're talking about with Bain. It has n- there's not much. If he had a three-ball, that changes, like, his entire trajectory. That, that, and it also changes, like, the entire spacing for, like, the next two. It's yeah. just like, oh, they have a guard that can uh, shoot. 
That's um his de- his defense is pretty sloppy though. Let's be honest. Like he's either he really gets, like, good or really bad. Sometimes he gets hot sometimes with like steals. But yeah, I mean he's not even necessarily bad <coughs> about going. It's like it's a, it's basically a screen defense, right? Like he he just sometimes trails way too far behind and gives the guy like way too much space. Yeah, just like I like he, like, <coughs> like you you can imagine that like. He can start when he needs to, but he's like he's someone who's really good as a backup, like just someone you know who's going to come in, who knows the offense, knows how to get people into the best positions. He attacks when he needs to, like he's he's a good player. I mean, he's, I just, he's the best penetrating guard we've had. I mean, Rose, I guess, but like yeah, but Rose never like, yeah, but like Rose never passed. Like I would say since Felon, because Felon yeah. would like do a combination in terms of, of passing. In terms of passing, because Rose obviously was like the best out of. The three in, in oh three yeah yeah penetration but like yeah he's not he wasn't creating much for others out of it yeah so like so basically if Peyton gets a three point shot he's a legitimate like you know twenty four plus minute role player for like any good team Randall's a wild card because like he regressed so much under Fisdale like he was dreadful and now he's finally getting back up to what he was. I, yeah, I mean, he's I not going to be a 62 shooting guy in this role, but, like, you would think, I think he might be able to get up to, like, 55. Like, somewhere between 54 and 56 in this role, I think you'd be like, okay, that's... Yeah, that would be fine, even though, like, I don't know, well, he should have been... I don't know, it just, no, it just bothers me, because, like, he was... Fisdale used him so poorly. Like, I can't even explain how poorly he used him. It was just, like, a waste of 20 games. And it just, it just, it bothers me to no end. I think Randall comes down to his uh, defense mainly, right? Because we really know what he's going to be offensively. He'll make some threes every now and then when he's shooting it. He shouldn't shoot as many as he does, but it's it's fine. At least it opens up some things. He'll make them every now and then. It's going to be defense, and he's never going to be a rim protector. So if he can at least defend it in space, that's pretty much like his thing where he needs to improve. I don't know if he's ever going to do that, though. It's only, the, it's only the dribble threes that bother me with Randall. I don't mind him. Like... He needs to take the catch and shoot and spot up threes. Like he has to do it. I, I have no problem with him taking that. I don't really have a problem with RJ taking that. I think that is just you, you gotta live with it. Um but uh yeah, I mean I don't know. Randall, I I'm not sure what his, I'm not sure what his like feeling is or whatever, but like look I think that for two years we're not doing anything these two years, right? Like if you can, you have to find. Hopefully, RJ takes a step up, and like I think, if RJ takes a step up, that'll make Randall's life easier too. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, the the issue is if you have RJ and Randall, like, can you play Peyton with them? Probably not. Can't not in terms of like major minutes to be a winning team. Um, if if you're gonna play Frank with them, like, is Frank aggressive enough? Not consistently. Not at all. Not you know. You know. I, no matter how I love the kid, but like he's got to be consistent with his aggression. It can't just be like every yeah, can't two be weeks put together a yeah. run of like four or five games. It has to be no you, like seven of every, like seven of eight games. You got to be consistent with that, right? Like you know. Okay, you have a dud every now and then, but like most of the time, you, you got to be consistent with it. So um, that's one thing I do like about Payne. He does clearly give us like a steady hand at point. Um, and like, dude, like at eight million, I think that's fine. Like, it, yeah, I would keep. I, I'm very much leaning towards like just keep him unless you get like a really good offer for him. Because I could see a contender, um, being like, look, we need we need another guard. Like, we need a backup point guard. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Alfred's, Alfred would be really good for some team, especially like a team that has shooters or something. Like he'd be really, really good uh, in a situation like that. I'm not sure which team necessarily I'm describing, but you have to think there are plenty of teams out there that could use him. Like, I mean, fuck, the Lakers could use him, to be honest. Um, yeah, Lakers could use him. Um, you could probably say that uh, Miami could use a uh, a guard like him. Rockets is done. It's like, what's going on with him? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, he would just be helpful for Miami, even though they've been playing really well. But yeah, like, I, I would just say something like that. No, you're right. It's just it's 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 tough with these guys because like they're still young enough where they could add some sort of extra dimension to their game. So I don't know. Just like Payne comes down to shooting, and I think Randall mainly comes down to uh, defense and role. Like he, he he's clearly not a first option. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like ideally at best a third option, um, and like if you're being super ideal, fourth option, right? Or, like, yeah. somebody that comes off the bench kind of deal. Um, yeah, because he was coming... If he was, like, coming off the bench on, like, a good team, he would just destroy second units, like, easily. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I do like that he's not... You can tell that, like, clearly... He still brings the ball up the floor every now and then, but you can tell he's, like... he's. It's been a very clear difference in, like, he's not doing it as often. Not even close to as often as he was under Fizz. Um, so I'm assuming that's, like, a coaching instruction that he's received... Uh, are there any other questions we want to get to? Well, yeah, uh, yeah, John also asked about what I do with my hair, with my shampoo, or go all natural. Yeah, let me um, know that, okay? Yeah, I'll be real quick. Um, so, John, since you specifically want to know, um, when you when you have long hair, you're actually not supposed to shampoo it every single day. That actually dries out your hair, and it makes it really gross, and that's not a good thing. So I shampoo it, depending on, like, the exercise things I do, two to three times a week. And then I condition it anywhere between five to six days a week. And every now and then, like the all natural, I'll, I'll brush it out and throw it up in a uh, in a ponytail or something. I gotta learn how to braid my hair because I definitely want to start, you know, just throwing up braids because it always just looks classier and cleaner than uh, than just uh, my hair putting my hair up. But yeah, so that's so you guys know some uh, grooming tips. Don't wash your hair every single day, guys, because that's uh it's bad for your hair. Uh, did, did you know that? I totally blacked out. <laughs> so. Yeah, just, uh, okay. You, you definitely seem like someone who washes their hair every day, though. Me? No, I yeah. wash my hair every day. But I wash it, like, it's 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 totally feel-based with me. Like, after, like, two or three days, it just feels gross, and I'll do it. That's fair. It's a little yeah. different with uh, shorter hair, so, like... I I get, like, my hair, like, is... My hair sucks. It's like really thick and stupid. <laughs> yeah, thick hair. My hair is also really thick. It's so annoying to deal with because like it it sucks the brush and all that sort of stuff. Because it, it's, it, yeah, it's a nightmare. Um, yeah, my beard is. I mean, my beard is super thick too. But uh, I've, I'm. I've been you've been doing the, you've been, do, you've been doing the oils too, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about getting like beard cream. Like I'm, I might just like ball out and get like the the full. I think you should. The full, the full, <laughs> the full like beard care kit. Uh, I might need to get it. So yeah, you should uh, also um, you should also send that to uh, James Harden because he doesn't trim his mustache nearly enough, and it drives me crazy. He's so gross. I hate him. I I I, I know like everyone's like, oh, the beard or everything like that. Like 
you still need to trim your mustache so it's not like over your lip all the time. <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's, it's so, it bothers me so much. The worst is I know for me, you probably feel the same way. Cause there's a couple times where like you kind of like forget to like touch up every now and then. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh my God, what is this on my lip? And it's like, Oh, it's my mustache hair. You can like, feel it. You can feel yes, it. you feel it, and it's disgusting. The worst is when I like feel it at work, and I don't have like scissors or my razor, like buzzer or anything, and I'm like, "This is gross," and I need to go home. Yeah. Um, so one last question, and let's just keep this short, and then we can shit on media. Um, okay. This last one was from Tuna, which is at Dadu zero five eight seven. Um, what players should the Knicks acquire before the trade deadline? I'm going to list two, and one is I've been consistent saying Brandon Ingram. Uh, the other one is Boyan Bogdanovich. That's it. Do you um, want to give up, what was it, what did Macri say? Both Dallas picks, Frank, <laughs> Knox, <laughs> Mitch, and, and like, Bogdanovich? Like oh, God, it was, it was the most ridiculous thing. Um, I know it's not going to happen, but I just want Buddy healed <laughs> on this 16. Yeah. He's so good. It's never gonna I, I, I feel like Bogdanovich is gettable. Um, yeah, Bogdanovich is probably gettable, and he would actually be a really good player either off the bench or as like the small ball three, which the Knicks should be eventually moving towards because like RJ should be primarily playing that role. Even though like he's been oh he's been pretty good at the two. Don't get me wrong, but he would be better at like the three with like Frank and then like another guard like shooter. Bogdanovich. Yeah. Where, yeah, where they can all just kind of like. Switch and just be big. Or, or the guy, the guy I mentioned uh, earlier on Denver, Malik Beasley. He's another guy. I would, I wouldn't mind trading for him at all. Um, I'm not even sure what you would need to give up to get him. To be honest. Yeah, because Denver's so deep, and they just kind of need more. Probably just like an extra punch, like top guy, kind of like a Marcus Morris. Like you could probably just do Marcus Morris from Malik Beasley. Yeah, like salary filler or something. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if it's. Worth it for the Knicks necessarily, but that's the type of deal that would I would say both teams would be willing to do because Morris would be great for the uh, the Nuggets. Yeah, because he'd be like he's more he'd be like a more consistent version of uh, Wancho. So and he didn't yeah. play. Is he hurt? Wancho? No, he just doesn't play. Oh wow. Okay, so they just went super small against the Knicks, and I thought it was good for him. Even like Barton was just like cutting up uh, Morris for a while. You don't want to. You don't want to end the uh, the question uh, on a uh, from the Sawyer and Sal show asking how we're doing and how we've been. <laughs> uh, I am good. Had a had a long Saturday night, so yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm also doing fine this week. Had a rough week last week, but that's what uh that's what happens every now and then. And I also had a very long Friday night, <laughs> like a very long. Friday night with a lot of wine and and punch that I don't know what was actually in the punch and yeah. not enough food. So, you know, definitely know how that went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do the weed? No, that was... I forget when. Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, Saturday morning. <laughs> something, something like that. Uh, I don't even remember. I'm just losing track. It'll probably be, it'll probably be after this, after I produce the podcast. <laughs> Just starting off the uh, the week right, but uh, yeah, we need to talk about the media again, like we always do. I feel like it's going to be our shtick, just uh, uh, crappy on them because they. Well, this is all really related to obviously um, Tisdale being fired. 
this point, right? Like that's yeah, so we're, yeah, so we're going to get back with that because just the tweets that I've seen from people, there was like this Woj article too that came out that literally said nothing new, but everyone was like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. They just, trade Kristaps. They made him look like the bad guy. Okay, Howard Max, shut the fuck up, dude. Stop crying. Stop fucking crying. Look, I'm so sick of this fucking Kristaps thing where they make him out to be this goddamn saint. And it's like, no, dude. Like, business is business. Right? Like, business is business. He wanted his max contract. He was willing to play dirty to get that max contract, right? Mm-hmm. He's out there saying, like, as soon as Fizdale says something about it, he's not running yet, starts, goes on Instagram, says something that he got, he got a fucking president fired. He got Phil fired, basically. He won a power battle, and that's cool, whatever. Like I said, business is business, okay? Don't make it personal, right? You don't get to make it personal. So when Kristaps is doing that, and his brother is pushing to have personnel power, and he's leaking to Bondi that, oh, uh, I'm worried about how the Knicks are going to manage me when I come back, which I'm totally ready to come back now in two weeks. Uh, and and then he's also leaking that he has interest in the Nets and San Antonio in that same Bondi article. And then he gets traded, and it's like, you know, he, he's acting like... And I actually, to be, to be honest, like I don't think Kristaps has actually said anything about it, really, other than, like, that stupid... What was that? thing he but there's like an IG comment about yeah, the like, truth will come out the truth will come out whatever it's like all right man whatever um and the reason I said it's like like I, I even tweeted it out to that reaction to Beckhag so I'm like I'm like like yeah the Knicks I I've been consistently saying this like everybody's trying to make it about this the max they wanted the max of course they wanted the double max space that was definitely part of like the appeal of the, the Dallas package. But more than that, they wanted to trade Kristaps. Like Zach Lowe reported they, they had tried to trade into Sacramento for Fox and a, like something and some other. Like it was, the, the deal would have been centered around Porzingis and Fox, right? Like we don't know the specifics. But mm-hmm. they tried to do that in the 2018 draft. So the, the Luka draft that year. They tried to make that a, a deal then for Kristaps. And that's, that's when we all thought, you know, that was before Fizdale went over there and he kissed his ass and they loved each other for a few months or whatever it was. And then, like, you know, but, like, they they clearly were not enamored with giving a guy like him a full guaranteed max, right? Even Bondi reported that in his article that that they had offered some kind of, like, <clears throat> max would get with kind of like the Joel Embiid kind of protections and shit like that. Um, which, whatever. Like, that's business, okay? That's how business fucking works. So, if, if Porzingis is leaking stuff about the Knicks, and then when they trade him, they leak stuff about Porzingis, that's, that's part of the game, baby. That's just part of the game. Like, it doesn't need to be this dramatic thing. <coughs> well, it's not even just a dramatic thing. It's just like, look at the person they're also defending, too, right? Like, Porzingis isn't this, like, model citizen of, like, oh my god, he's an amazing person. What's that? Microsoft? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, I don't know, Just it's very annoying just to be like, you're really going to go for bat, to bat for this guy of like <laughs> all people. It's even more annoying because Woj is literally on the record on his own pod saying that Porzingis in New York was like like off the court. Didn't mention yeah. specific, but is on the record saying like off the court was, you know, not 
let's just say living the best life. I, I don't know exactly what that means. <laughs> but I think it's safe to say, like, he was partying a little too hard, maybe enjoying the celebrity of, like, being, you know, <laughs> kind of like the golden child for a little while, right? Or, like, yeah. you know, whatever, the franchise player of the Knicks. Um, like he was enjoying that and everything that, that came with. Um a little too much. And, like, that's when Ryan Russell said. And it's like, these guys just selectively decide when they want to listen to each other. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like you know, because there was reports that came out when we traded him that his brother wanted personnel control. And, like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, it was, do a lot of teams just, like, I just feel like, yes, the Knicks fucked up shit with Chris Dubs, but, like, he also fucked shit up with them. So, like, I'm just, like, I'm so over this idea that we should all feel bad about how it ended with Chris Dubs. Because, like, no, like, do I feel like if Phil hadn't been a raging dickhead to him a lot of times that things would have ended up better? Sure. Do I think that Chris Dubs handled everything appropriately either? Absolutely not. So, like, you know, I- I'm just not okay with the idea that, like, one side is more culpable for the collapse of the relationship than the other. Like, no, that's bullshit. I don't care that, like, like the mixer management, he's labor in this scenario, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. both at fault. It's not one or the other. If you want to say one is more to blame than the other, sure, but you can't act like one side is blameless and the other side is totally to blame. That's my issue with, like, how this whole Kristaps thing has been presented. Um... And it's like the same thing now with the Fizdale thing, right? Like, you're saying it's not with Fizdale. Like, what was it, that Hollinger? The, 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 that was the Hollinger tweet you were talking about earlier, right? Oh, yeah, the Hollinger uh, thing with the whole, like, you know, like, they fire Fizdale and still lose I by 20. It. And it's like, dude, you you also fired Fizdale. Like, what are you he talking about? Yeah, so it's just like, like, in what world are you living in, John Hollinger? You, you don't have a you don't have a fucking uh, metric for that? You don't have an efficiency metric for... Uh, for coaching, or you just want to add up your assistant points and just say, "Oh, look at me! I make the advanced metrics." Like, get the fuck out of here! Fucking like, thing. I nobody, all these fucking guys act like he's an authority now. Oh, like John Hollinger. Oh, yeah, John Hollinger. Oh, yeah, John Hollinger. Like, like fucking what? What has that guy done? Like, what did he do? In Mem- tell me what what move did they make? You need look at look at his entire time there. I, I did it. Look at his entire time there. Tell me one fucking move they made. One signing, one... That way you're like, wow. Wow, really, really, like, you know, intuitive use, clearly, of, like, analytics to to get an edge that no other team did. What was it? Fucking drafting Wade Baldwin and waving him before yeah, good his job. season even started? Good job, John. Yeah, like, I, I just don't get, like, why do I give a shit what John Hunter said? Like, I, I just don't... And his tweet was so stupid. It was like, oh, the Knicks are down by 30. He's like, sometimes you fire a coach for losing by 30, and then you're still down by 30. And I'm like, I mean, watch the game? I, I don't know. Like, it, it just, it, everybody just wants to get the shots in and, like, have their, like, you know, it's like, yeah, yes, there are bigger problems. The Knicks have more problems beyond David Fizdale, right? But, yeah, no, like, no one has said otherwise. <laughs> yeah, right. No one said otherwise, but, like, he was still a huge fucking part of the problem, man. Like, I, I just, I think that coaching is, it's so important. Other than, like, the, you're the actual talent you have, 
the player talent you have. Coaching, to me, is probably the number one. It's it's the second most important thing after that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think even more so than a GM, because I think a good coach can, can like, elevate a GM's work to an extent in a way that, like, a good GM, you won't, you can't necessarily elevate a coach. Like, a bad coach is always going to limit, he's always going to underperform the talent you have on your roster. It doesn't matter if you have elite talent. Like, even if Fitz had elite talent, we would still be watching the games and being like, he's costing us wins, right? Um, at least, like, that's my theory based on what I've seen, what I saw from Fizdale, is that I don't think the fundamental issues with him were about talent as much as, like, it didn't matter what talent he had if he would not maximize it. Um, but whatever. Like, I, I mean, I just don't... You know, and then, and then what Pelton had one of the... Like, oh, what was that thing about Peyton, right? Like, oh, well, has anybody considered that the reason the Knicks are playing better now is because... Oh, Peyton. right, right, right. That was the Pelton tweet. Yeah, Pelton was basically like, David Fizzell would still be the coach if Peyton was healthy. And it's like, no. No, he wouldn't, like... Alfred Payton. I mean, he, might, was, he might, but that doesn't make the right decision. Oh, I mean, that's also fair, too. I just, I, I, I'm so down on Fizdell as a coach. Like, the idea that, like, Alfred Payton was going to help him stay as the coach. Like, it seems, like, insane to me because there's, like, nothing he did. Like, he was going to put Payton in the worst position possible as well. He did. He did put him in the worst position possible. Well, that is true because he did play for him for a little bit. Like, I don't know, just, uh, like, Pelton, I, I don't know if Pelton actually watches basketball. I gotta be honest. I I, I think he's just so wrapped up in uh his RPM. I and, I would uh, I would guess that Payton's assist rate. I am not, I'll check tomorrow. Maybe I'll tweet it. But like I would guess that Payton's assist rate is higher <clears throat> in like the post Fizz games than it was under Fizz. Yeah, I think I wanted to. I'm actually thinking about doing like an article on like all the stats like pre and post fizz basically because I, I, I want to explore it a little more. Probably should probably wait on that a little bit just because like, you know, five games. No, no, no I want to do it on five games just to be, just to be <laughs> absolutely insane and unreasonable. Just be like, hey, look, five games, it's already better. Call the uh, uh, season. But, yeah, I, I don't know. That, that, that I just don't understand like the pining for Like, what did he do? What was he good at? If the only thing you he don't know one. And I haven't heard I haven't heard any of these guys tell me what Fizdale well, did. Well, so I was going to say, no one has ever said anything yet. The idea is like, all right, Fizdale should have been fired. Okay, what has Fizdale done to, you know, you know, not warrant the firing? Like, what is he good at? No one has said anything. Like, no one has presented <laughs> any sort of evidence to say Fizdale is a good coach. Here is why, X, Y, and Z. You know, not even people like LeBron and Wade and stuff this time when he was fired. They didn't speak out against it. Like, they were, they lost their shit when, uh... The Grizzlies fired when John Hollinger fired him. Yeah. <laughs> was John Hollinger? Are we just yeah. blaming John Hollinger? No, he was there. He was there. He was no, there. but no, was he actually like the GM? I just like the idea of like no, John he wasn't Hollinger. a GM, but he's in the front office. Whatever, like. No, it's fine. It's just no. I want to keep saying that John Hollinger fired Fizdale. It's, it's just funnier that way. Yeah. Whether and, it's true and or not. so like my the if so like, let's say like because his argument was the reason Fizz got fired is because Payne wasn't healthy and. And so, like, that's why he was fired. Which basically is him saying that, like, the reason why Nick's, like... Because I, I think the insinuation was more, like, the front office fired him, but fans are were blaming him unfairly, right? I think that was really, like, the insinuation of, like, both the high and the Yeah, president. that could be one interpretation of it, and I think that's just the stupidest yeah. interpretation, because they're well, clearly not watching anything. It, it's also irrelevant to me, because 
my beef with him was never about the fucking record. It was never about the record. Because the record, like, again, the record is just a fucking consequence of how shitty he was doing. Like, how shitty of a job he was doing. Right? And, well, like... Well, that's what I mean by they if, weren't watching. Right. And so, like, even if Payne is healthy, so what, may, we end up, let's say we win two more games than we had? Like, I guess... No, I doubt it. Let's, but, just say, okay. let's just say, like, so we're 6-16 six instead of 4-18 and 18 when Finnegan gets canned. Like, I mean, maybe that saves his job because 6 is better than 4, but, like, I don't think I would feel any differently about him. I would still be like, yeah, no, I want this guy fired. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you. It was just like, it was never anything to do with the record. It was just literally how the Knicks played on the court day in, day out. Like, it was it was that straightforward. It was just like, it had nothing to do with the record. Just like, watch the games, sit here and tell me what David Fisdale did well. Nothing. He literally did nothing well. You know, speaking of, like, not doing anything well, like, Mike Miller's, like, out of timeout plays, which all he's doing is a very basic concept of stand. There's, I mean, Wally's like, oh, my God, did you see that out-of-bounds play? It was so brilliant. It's like, it wasn't, but that's how bad David Fitzdale was. It was just like Wally's overreact. He's like, oh, my God, this is the most brilliant out-of-bounds time, you know, play I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, no. Yeah, like, and and, and, and I, I don't even want to shit on Fitzdale anymore because he's gone whenever he got fired. But, like, it's well, like the beat guys won't. They, like not even the beat. I don't even want to say the beat guys because it's like no, it's the national the, people. That's and, why we're bringing up national. Even Berman had some bullshit tweet like that too. But like you know what I'm saying? Like Eisen had that tweet like when they were down big to the Blazers of just like Fizdale's mm-hmm. face, and it's like yeah, like get your cheap laughs in. But look at the fucking four of the five games. Go compare that to Fizdale. You think we're losing by six at Denver with Fizdale fucking no. at, at the no. helm? Like absolutely not. not. Absolutely not. Like, we're not winning at Sacramento. I, I mean, granted, like, the Golden State game. I mean, that, that game was so weird. Like, you know, yeah. I I wouldn't have, <clears throat> if we had blown such a lead to the Warriors because Frank was pissing away the game and, like, even Payton came in and turned the ball over a bunch, the whole team just turned the ball over a bunch, I wouldn't have blamed Fizz for that necessarily. Like, I, I just think that, like, there's, even though I wanted Fizz fired, I've also, like, defended decisions he made at the beginning of the year. Like, like, like even bad coaches make the right decision sometimes. Uh, not all, it's not like literally every single decision that Fizz made was bad. But overall, there was no logic to his decision-making. There's no identity. And it's like, if you are commenting on that without watching the games, like, you just are doing... You're being, you know, completely ridiculous. Like, you're just not being fair. But you're not being objective about it. Um, because I don't think that the reason Knicks fans wanted him gone had to do with wins loss. Because we looked, you can see what a badly coached team looks like. That's what we looked like, man. We, had, we sucked at fundamentals. We sucked at everything. We sucked at everything. Like, I, I, that's it. It's as simple as that. Oh, no, I'm I'm with you. It's just, it's at a point now with, like, some, especially, like, with the uh, the national guys. And I think if it, it does bring up, like, a lot, a larger discussion, which I it's it's pretty late already for us, but it does bring up a discussion I think we should probably have in the future is if we're assuming a lot of these national guys aren't watching, let's say, the Knicks 
I don't want to say regularly, but enough to, like, realize where people are coming from. It does question the whole validity of the idea, like, what, what games are they actually watching and what type of knowledge do they actually have? Right? It, it brings up this larger, like, almost, like, existential question of what, like, NBA media is. And I don't think we have time to dive into that. It's almost like its own separate podcast. But, like, you know, if they're not watching the Knicks, who are they watching? And do they actually have informed opinions on any team? Actually, so. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm the Knicks stuff is always different because there's clearly like, uh, well, there's still animosity to when Dolan was like the worst with the whole, you know, like shutting shit down with the media. Like, it's there's still, also like this burning desire to to just shit on the franchise all the time. There's that too, yeah, because they've been bad, so they're always like it's just easy, it's 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 easy like laughs and stuff, but. Yeah, but I don't like. I think it's a larger discussion, though. It's it's I something mean, to, to consider. I mean, the the, the Hawks are six and twenty-one, I believe. Um, Pelicans are also so, like I, you know, well, yes, the well, Knicks are. Yes, they're underperforming. They are underperforming. They are underperforming. Yeah. Uh, but at least the Knicks, at least we fucking fired one of the primary reasons we were struggling. Like, you know, I think that's actually pro. Like, I that's hey, I wrote, I wrote that. It was proactive. Yeah, it's move. I, I agree. Yeah. It's it's look at fucking the Bulls, man. I read this fucking interview with Jim Boylan. They asked him how many assists they think he should, they should be getting a night. He said thirty five a night. Thirty five assists. He thinks that's a realistic target. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like I, I I'm telling. I was like I just checked out Bloggable uh, this weekend, and yeah. I thought like they they hate Boylan and their front office in the same way. Before we fired Fizz, like how everybody felt, how the entire Knicks fan base felt. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. I'm like amazed by it. So I'm like, wow, like they, I, I haven't watched the Bulls enough to be informed, but after like checking that stuff out, I was like, all right, they, he must really suck. Um, because I genuinely think like, fan, if the entire fan base is this angry about a coach, they're probably right. I would agree. Like, they're the ones who are living day in and day out. They're the ones watching the team. And you can say, like, whether you can question, like, fans' knowledge every now and then, but if you're watching something for a very long time, you do have an idea of what's good and what's bad. You pick up on patterns. You do all these little things. It's basically what we do. And, like, if everyone is saying, like, Fizz sucks, or if everyone is saying, like, Chip Boylan sucks, they, they probably have a point, and it's probably a valid one. Well, and fans aren't – there's no, like, angle for fans. Like, we don't have any skin in the kind of, like, business side of the game and, like, no, developing relationships and shit. Like, reporters are often don't want to criticize a coach because a coach, they need to get access from the coach, right? They need him to answer questions. They need him to, you know what I mean, give him the time of day, basically. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, like, they're, a lot of times, they, you know, I've I've definitely, like, added the beat guys before about, like, a super specific, like strategic question that I wanted them to ask, but it's like dude, they're not gonna—they're not gonna ask the guy in like game three why uh, he decided that he didn't want to play small or something like that, right? You don't want to piss these guys off. Um, so, like, I guess I understand that part of it, but I still think it's a like, total cop out. Like, at some point, you got to be able to look at something and just be like, "All right, look, like, this is bad. He's bad. That's it. It's not complex." Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm with you, and that might be a good place to uh, to end our uh, our show. Schwinn, what do you wanna do? You wanna plug anything before we go? 
Uh, Bills made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. Right, boy. Yep. Beat the Steelers today. It's already NFL playoff time? Uh, there's two weeks left, but they clinched the playoff spot with that one. Oh, look at that. That's exciting. I didn't realize the, uh, the Bills were that good. Well, if you don't know, now you know, Denver. Are they, are they, um, are they the best team in New York? Uh, they currently are the best team in New York. That is a fact. Mm, I like that. Fact. No, I like that. The uh, the people up in Buffalo who live in that you know that insane town with weather deserve something, deserve something nice. Yeah, something more than just lake effect snow. Yeah, exactly. Like it just sounds awful, and you know they got buffalo wings, but you know maybe a little more. So good for them. Good for the people of uh, Buffalo. Um, I'm gonna plug uh, Watchmen because I know our our buddy uh, Cash Cooper asked us like, what do we think of Watchmen? I think I'm the only person you're posting and toasting watching it. Are you watching it, Twin? I watched the first episode, then I, like, had shit going on, like, the next two weeks, so I just didn't watch either of those, and then I was like, you know what, I'll just binge it all at once. Is it done? Is there one more episode for the season finale, right? Yeah, so, the se- no, the season finale, I believe, was tonight. Okay, and perfect. I'll watch it tomorrow. Um, I know for me, it's, it's the, I think it may be the best show on TV right now. This, I'll this be first. able to have a serious conversation with you about this on like Wednesday or yeah. So we'll we'll definitely I know <laughs> no, so like I definitely know there's people because we because we dive into like movies and music and stuff all the time here on the uh, the podcast. Like, don't worry, guys. We're gonna have a serious discussion about Watchmen because it's definitely like Schwinn and I is like one of our favorite books ever too. So like yeah. <laughs> we're gonna talk about Watchmen, especially if the Knicks are gonna you know still stink. So like we're we're gonna have a Watchmen discussion. Don't worry. But this is like the happiest pod we've had, by the way. It really has, because like you know, like it's like look, there were two and two under uh, under Miller. They're yeah, they're playing. I, I didn't I didn't need much. <laughs> no, we didn't need much. This is this is how we expected the Knicks to play pretty much for the entire season. Like they're gonna win some games, they're gonna lose some games, they're gonna be overall competitive, and they're just gonna do simple shit. They finally did that 20 games into the season because Fizdale's awful. And hopefully we don't have to hear any more Fizdale stuff so we can move past it. So, like, hopefully, like, people in the media and stuff. I'm so much happier up. to actually just talk about basketball. No, it's been – it's it's nice because, yeah. like, the team's playing well. Like, finally seeing Julius Randle in a better role. We're finally seeing, yeah. like – like, we could actually have, like, a discussion. Like, was Frank good or bad? But, like, he was awful. Then he rebounded. It's like, it's great. Yeah, and like I'm, I feel like I'm seeing like different kind of like partnerships and guys like developing understanding gradually. Uh, it, it feels like I don't know. Uh, it, it's been five games. I don't want to like overreact, but in a lot of ways, I do feel like it's been, um, you know, it's the uh, they're starting. They've like looked more like a team in the last five games. Not to say like they were. I mean, I never thought like chemistry or anything like that was a problem uh, under Fizz. Like they, I didn't. It, there were never any reports of, like, internal strife, um, like, guys not liking each other or anything like that. But it feels like there's a little bit more, um, you know, togetherness on the court, I guess, is the way to put it. Yeah, I, I would say that. I think just because they just switched up some very basic things offensively, that it looks a lot more like – I feel like the chemistry is coming out more because they changed up some basic stuff because it always feels like a team that, like, cared about each other and everything. But now they're just doing, like, basic shit on offense where they're like, oh, wow, our chemistry really is that good. I think that's what it really comes down to. They're just really yeah. doing normal stuff. But, yeah, it's been it's been great. So there's going to be two games this coming up week. Um, watch oh, those. Three. No, three. We got three. Who's the third game? Friday, Saturday's a back-to-back, I'm pretty sure. 
back-to-back games. I think it's Milwaukee. I think it might be Heat-Milwaukee, so... Oof, hopefully, we bank, hopefully we can bank that Hawks game. Yeah, that should be uh that should hopefully be a win. So uh all right, in that case, we'll see you till next time.